It's 10 o'clock, and guess what? It's time for Love Bath, Love Talk. So thanks for hanging out from, with me for another hour. You know, the first hour I was talking to the Africa Salon folks and Cosmic Homies, and that was one of the coolest things. Now we're going to go in a whole other direction. We are going to talk to the New Haven Symphony artistic leadership, and that would be William Boughton, music director and principal conductor, and Chelsea Tipton, principal pops conductor. So we're going to have a lively discussion, I hope, or interesting discussion about symphony music, New Haven, and all things in between. So I believe someone is on the phone now. Hello? Hello. Hello, is this Mr. Boughton? Hi, Babs. Hi. How are you? I'm very well. I've just uh, just broken away from a rehearsal with the... The U.S. Uh, Coast Guard Band. Oh, okay. Yes, because you were going to be in studio, and then you got uh, got swept away because you're in high demand and very popular uh, for another another uh, conducting gig, which is cool. Yes. <laughs> which is That's really the first cool. Time I've ever, first time I've ever conducted a band. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a great experience. It's it's wonderful working with these musicians in New London. Yes, but you like music. You are a man for musicians. Hi, Chelsea. I don't think he's here yet, but we'll we'll get him in. We'll get him patched in. So you've been with the New Haven Symphony for what seven years? Ten years. Ten years. And Ten years. So the first day that you walked into this job, what were your thoughts? Um, they were mixed. I was really excited about being in New Haven. Um, the, the challenge of, of, of building the orchestra, um, was, um, a huge challenge at the time. Um, and, uh, my family had come over. We came over as the typical immigrants. We had a musical instrument and a suitcase each. Um, we, we had no we had no other possessions except those things. Okay, hold on uh, one second, Will. Uh, okay. Can I call you Will? We have Chelsea coming in so that I can have you both together. Yes, this is Chelsea Tipton. Hi, Chelsea. This is Babs Rolls Ivy. I have William Bolton on hold. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing? I, I know you're in Texas. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, and uh, outside of Houston in Beaumont, Texas. <laughs> well, I just had William on. I was talking to him about the first day that he walked into this job, and then he got disconnected because, you know, with all the technical gadgets that we have, <laughs> some things just can't be worked out. <laughs> so No, they can't. <laughs> but I'm here, and I'll be happy to answer any of your questions. Uh, thank you for having us on. 
Okay, so tell me what does it mean to be the principal pops conductor as opposed to what Bill does, the principal conductor. So does pops mean popular music? Yes, popular music. And so we'll have themes such as uh, the music of Billy Joel and Elton John, or we'll do a concert, a theme, uh, St. Patrick's Day, celebrating St. Patrick's Day. So popular genres, let's say in the last 100 years, Best of Broadway. And um, so my role is to oversee those programs, whereas the music director, which uh, Maestro Bowton does, is uh, to oversee you know, the overall organization. Uh, I come in and uh, we, re- we do one or two rehearsals, uh, perform our concerts, and then I come back to Texas. But usually while I'm there during the week, I think it's important for a, a conductor, whether it's the music director or the pops director, to have a presence in the community. And so I go off into the schools uh, during the time that I'm there and work with young people in the community, uh, in their bands and their orchestras uh, around New Haven. So it's been yes, a really I heard that. People enjoyable... say nice things about you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, music education, uh, whether it's music education in the pops realm or music education in the classical realm, which is what uh, William oversees, uh, it's, it's all connected and, uh, you know, people often think, well, it's pop music, so it's, it's easy, but actually it's, it's quite difficult because we have a limited amount of time to put it together. Um, we couldn't do the programs that we, we perform in New Haven and Hamden and Shelton if we didn't have a great orchestra. And I always tell young people, if you are looking to go into music, you have to be well-versed in all styles of music whether you're an instrumentalist or, in my case, a, a conductor. Now, you, I would imagine that popular music, that, that's a very broad space. Very broad. I mean, that's like, because I saw My Fair Lady. I went to see it at the Hamden Middle School, and mm-hmm. it was, that was, that's considered popular music, right? And it was phenomenal. Absolutely. And, and um, you know, we're, we're always trying to create new types of experiences. And so the My Fair Lady that you saw, we did what was called a concert version of it. So we didn't have uh, all the costumes and the lighting and the acting. We basically uh, shared just the songs, and then we had a narrator who tied everything together. That's a different way of presenting a a concert. Um, We can't be... Probably the father of... uh, Pops music is the Boston Pops with Arthur Fiedler mm-hmm. um, back in the in the mid to early 20th century. Uh, he really started this this idea of doing short pieces, recognizable pieces, and that was where this sort of uh, jumped from. But now that we're in this day and age, we have to figure out other creative ways of sharing popular music. And that concert that you saw was a first for me. I had never done anything quite like that, and neither had our our soloist. Oh, it was but, so uh, good. The music, Fair, the music of My Fair Lady is just ha- it's it's great, great, great music. But we also want to pre- present it in the form of a concert version being tied together with uh, how the songs kind of fit in the storyline. So we're we're looking for uh, always looking for ideas, always looking for other ways to present music uh, in the popular realm i thought i thought it was well done i I didn't know what to expect because you know we all know the iconic movie my fair lady right so i didn't know know what to expect 
So I was like, okay. And then, but it was, but it really met whatever expectation I had. It met it. And I was pleasantly surprised and taken with the production. I really was. I mean, I thought it was well, well it, done. It, it, was, it, it was exciting for us. It's exciting to try, like I said, to try, to try new things. You know, musicians, artists, um, audiences want to have uh, new types of experiences. And next season, um, in October, we'll be kicking off our, our pop series with Guys and Dolls. Yes. And uh, William, William Balton will be uh, conducting that one. Um, but again, it's, 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 it's in the same vein as My Fair Lady. We're going to have a concert version of the great music, and it's going to be tied together probably through narration or, of, of some sort. But I'm happy that, that William's going to be coming over uh, and joining us on the pop side of things. He's a, he's a very well versatile conductor. And then in the, on the holiday concert next year, I'll be conducting in Woolsey Hall. So we're, again, trying to reach out to different audiences and to share uh, what the New Haven Symphony is about. Now, do you find that, you know, you have a great deal of creative license to sort of pick and choose and decide the kinds of um, music you're going to present for the season? Uh, or do you sort of try to not be too adventuresome or too avant-garde or too, I mean, how do you decide on what to choose? That, that, that's a great question. That's a great question. And, you know, my, my role down here in, in Texas is I'm, I'm the music director of the orchestra here. And I'm, I'm constantly trying to find that balance of new things, but also not veering too far from the comfort zone of our audience. And the same thing is true with the, the pop series. We try to uh, uh, expose our audiences to something that's a little bit new, uh, maybe a little bit different for them. But they, they also, we want them to feel comfortable with some things that, are, um, that, they're, that they're accustomed to hearing. So it's, it's constantly trying to find that balance. We do four programs in our pop series. And each one of them, we really think carefully about what our, what our audience is expecting. And also, we have to look at the, uh, what our orchestra plays well, does well. So for the My Fair Lady, we had, again, we, we put these concerts together very quickly. So we're looking at a lot of different, uh, a lot of different elements when we're putting together programs. Um, the music, the audience, the cost, uh, the amount of time that we have to put it together, things that I do well, things that uh, the orchestra plays well. Um, and so all those things, and, and also budget, I mean, what, what the cost of these uh, adventures could be, uh, those all play a role in what we can do. I, I often tell people that I kind of look at it like the, the symphony gives me 200 marbles of players. Each marble is one player. And I can divide those players out any way that I want over the course of the four, four concerts, four programs. And so if we do a, a concert that calls for, let's say, 75 marbles, well, then the next concert might only, we can only maybe use just 25 marbles to, to keep things balanced. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're constantly trying to work within the realm of what, is, what we're capable of doing and what our audiences appreciate. So, so, so Chelsea, how did you come to this music? How did you come to know that this is what you ought to be doing? Well... Um, both my parents are music teachers. Um, I grew up in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, my, my dad was the, uh, 
department chairman at uh, Hampton University. In, uh, hold on, in, hold on, Hampton, one Hampton, Virginia. Chelsea, hold on okay. one second. I think this is um, Maestro Boughton calling back in. Hello, yeah, do I have William and Chelsea? Okay. You got me. <laughs> And, and I'm here too as well. Yay! Oh, Nirvana. There we go, all three of us. <laughs> Yay, right. it worked. So, so uh, Maestro Bowden, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and you already know Mr. Tipton. So, Mr. Tipton was telling us about, I asked him a question about how did he, how did he come to this music? How did he come to this role in, of his life? And he was telling me his parents were music teachers. So continue, Mr. Tipton. Yes. So uh, they were music teachers. They they taught at uh, Hampton University, and uh, we and we settled at uh, at Bennett College, which is an all girls black college. My daughter is there. Carolina, which is, <laughs> my, oh no, she's a Bennett Bell. Yes, my daughter is a Bennett Bell at this very moment. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, that is fantastic! <laughs> my parents still live in Greensboro. Really? So I go there uh, <laughs> at least two or three times a year. Uh, that's where I where I call home. That's where I say I grew up. We moved there when I was about 10 years old, and um, so they were both music teachers, and my dad played clarinet, I played clarinet, my mom plays trumpet, and so music education was really big. My goal when I was growing up was I wanted to be the first chair clarinetist in the New York Philharmonic, <laughs> and I was in college, I went to Eastman School of Music, I was in college, and then I took a, um, a basic conducting class, and that's when my... I started looking at clarinet and conducting, but then the conducting kind of just uh, took over my life after I, after I got went to grad school. So it's been it's been a it's been a nonlinear life. Um, it's been uh, there are times where I was focused more on clarinet, but then once I started teaching, I taught at Central Michigan University up in 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 um, Michigan, uh, Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Um, my first job as an assistant conductor was with the Savannah Symphony, and then I was with the Toledo Symphony for seven years, and now I have settled in uh, Beaumont, Texas, where I'm the music director of uh, the Symphony of Southeast Texas. I've been here for eight years, and it's been a real blessing, and been with the New Haven Symphony, just completing, I'm completing my third season this season. It's a little like putting together a, a five-course meal. I mean, every single concert has to live by its own content. Um, but you're taking the audience on a journey. Um, and, and that journey is a very mixed journey over a period of 90 minutes, 95 minutes. Um, it, can, it can include everything from sorrow to absolute joy. Um, but... It, it's, it, it is a very difficult, and, and I usually do six or seven different um, changes to programs. Um, it takes me a long time to put a program together. And then you have to think of the practicalities, rehearsing, uh, the number of musicians that are available, um, the, the, the content within the whole of the season. Um, so it's a very complicated mix. And then, of course, there's the, the awful thing of money, which usually comes up somewhere. Um, you know, we can afford to do it or we can't afford to do that program. Uh, so so it's, it's usually a, a discussion between administration, board, Chelsea and myself. Um, even the musicians um, get involved as well. So uh, 
it's not an easy thing to answer. <laughs> it's a it's a completely <laughs> new yeah it it's a completely new departure for me. Um, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing in that piece yet, so it's going to take a lot of studying over the summer. Do you? Do you and, and what's interesting? On, I was going to say, and what's interesting? What's interesting is I felt the same way that he feels about guys and dolls, as I felt the same thing about My Fair Lady. I mean, that's a, a piece that uh, William has had a, a long relationship with, a great love for. And grew up with, and I, I'd probably feel more comfortable with Guys and Dolls than My Fair Lady. But it, it's it, that's the exciting thing about um, putting together a season is you you want to you, you do things that you have some comfort zone that's in your comfort zone, but you also do things that kind of stretch you in different ways. And so I, I was really happy when I, I found out that that William was going to be coming over and doing the Guys and Dolls. I mean, that'll be a a, a different experience for him, but it'll also be a different experience for for our audience as well. Um, we're really excited about that. Um, the, the, the ensemble artistically and technically, um, then you need to do things for, for the audience um, and sponsors. Uh, and then there's always the, the cost element that's involved. So it's, it's a very difficult concoction and it takes hours and hours of, of discussion, thought, uh, how to bring something that's exciting to the community um, how to engage the whole of the community. I mean, that's something that, that, that both Chelsea and I think about a lot. Um, you know, New Haven is this wonderful city with this, all of these different cultures. Um, and, but that poses a huge challenge for an orchestra, which is basically a museum piece of, the, of, of uh, Western Europe. Um, and you have mm -hmm. to develop that into a 21st century American institution um, and a living organism. And that's a huge challenge. Yeah, well, absolutely. And the thing that the, the biggest, the, the most important aspect of conducting, people think it's waving the stick, it's waving your arms. The most important aspect of conducting is listening, being able to hear, being able to hear the orchestra. And being able to hear the community, um, you, you have to, you, when I come out or I, I do a concert at the end of the concert, or at the, I think at the beginning of the concert, I can kind of read how the audience is going to be by their applause, if they're going to be receptive or if they're not. After the first couple of pieces, it's very, uh, you, you want to kind of see what they like. And you're not going to please everyone. And certainly on a pops concert, you know, I, I'll do probably 12, 14 pieces on a, on a concert. I know that the audiences are going to like every single one of them, but you try to sort of get the, the biggest, um, the most amount of people to appreciate things as, as possible. But you listen to people and you see what, what they respond to. This is my third season uh, with the orchestra, my third season with the audience. And uh, now I'm getting kind of a sense of what, they respond to and and how far outside that realm of comfort for them that we can we can kind of explore with with the pop season and in picking the music I, I must say um, I do a lot of talking during the concert that's kind of the format of a pop concert you, you talk talk to the audience and so as I'm picking pieces I'm also thinking what am I going to say about this program what am I going to say about this piece how's it going to fit inside the um, uh, the, the umbra underneath the umbrella of this concert. 
So you're you're thinking about all those things while you're picking the pieces uh, and trying to trying to put together an entire season. This concert was a was a joint project with the with the festival of mm-hmm. arts and ideas, um, and it was also Chelsea's introduction to the New Haven mm-hmm. community as the as the pops conductor. Um, I opened this season with a, a a beautiful piece of music by George Walker, who's an African American composer. Um, and I'm looking for those sort of opportunities all of the time. Um, one of the things which I kind of failed at when I first came was that I wanted to do an am- excuse me an Amistad remembrance concert, um, hmm. and we chose all of this music from Duke Ellington and, and, and in Woolsey Hall, and. I was I was surprised at how few people in the New Haven community even knew about the Amistad case, mm-hmm. um, and it, it was a joint project with the school, the Amistad School. Um, but there is wonderful music, wonderful performers of of all these different cultures um, that the orchestra needs to integrate and and include to be an orchestra of the twenty first century. So I'm. Um... You know, how do you how do you wrestle with that a little bit? I think it, it's it's a huge problem because the I think that the the perception is that it's a white person's culture um, in in Woolsey Hall, um, and it's it's not for us, mm-hmm. and that's something that we need to work hard on to break down. Um, and I think that we've been more successful at it through the school's concerts and the uh, and the the school's night at the symphony. Um, oh, those have been more- those have been really good. I've gone to a couple of those with my children, um, and they're, my children are teenagers, and they are quasi musicians of various sort, um, and they've enjoyed those very much. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, and there has to be a. I was going to say, there has to be also reaching, and one of the things I think the New Haven Symphony does so effectively is it, it, they, we try to reach out into the community. We have to be willing to go out into the schools. It's, it's not enough for orchestras to say, you come to us, you come to our, our hall. We have to be willing to go out into the community and also send um, I, like I said, I go out and work with schools. Uh, I know uh, Maestro Bowton does the same thing. Uh, those are things that send a message that this is this is not an elitist art form. I think some orchestras sort of get off and sort of enjoy that. So, well, this is for the special people. That's never been my feeling. It's never been Maestro Bowton's feeling. The, the, it's always been that music is for everyone, mm-hmm. and um, and part of that part of that draw as you were saying about the Diane Reeves, that was my introduction. Uh, that was the first time I got to get to know William a little bit as well, is that we both said, wow, she is an amazing artist. I mean, she is, she, she sings at such an incredible high level. And that, that goes across all racial spectrums. If you bring in great artists and have a willingness and that you care about the community, that you want to reach out for all people, then that's the way to, to bring a more diverse audience in. So and also have a also also having also having diverse artists to come and be on stage. That's important as well. If you just tuned in, I'm Babs Rawls Ivy, and you're listening to Love Babs Love Talk 
on 103.5 FM WNHH and live stream on the New Haven Independent. I'm talking to the New Haven Sym- Symphony Artistic Leadership, uh, Maestro William Boughton and um, uh, Chelsea Tipson, who is the conductor of the Pops um, component of the New Haven Symphony. And Pops is popular music. Um, so mm-hmm. what dreams do you have moving forward um, for this symphony? I think that my, my biggest dream, um, and it won't happen in my lifetime, but I think it's something that the, the, the New Haven Symphony Orchestra needs to work towards and also is um, something that most American orchestras need to develop is a greater diversity of musicians within the orchestra. Mm. So it's not just white people um, playing playing this wonderful music. Wow, that's pretty powerful. <laughs> yep, and one of the organizations that um, I know New Haven has worked with, and I've worked with extensively, is the Sphinx Competition, which is uh, up in uh, up in Detroit and uh, Ann Arbor. They have a competition. Aaron Dworkin founded this, I think, over 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and his, his vision was to create more diversity in the, uh, in the orchestra, not only uh, in the orchestra, but also uh, as sol- soloists uh, in front of the orchestra. And we, I, I've worked extensively uh, with that organization. Um, it's, it's a long road, and I'm with William. I mean, trying to get as much diversity uh, in the arts is a goal that that orchestras need to continue to strive, and not just give lip service. Um, I know in my own in my own career, I get a lot of I, I do a lot of concerts in January and February, Martin Luther King Day concerts, and also celeb- concerts celebrating Black History Month. And I tell those orchestras, you know, I can conduct in March, I can conduct in <laughs> April, I can conduct in May, I can conduct in I can conduct in you know, November. And yet, the only time they call me, and I because I appreciate the work, only time they call me is January 15th and February. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, um, the question I get, too, is, you know, do I ever get pushed? Does it matter uh, to orchestras that I'm a black conductor? And, you know, it, it doesn't matter to orchestras. Actually, the people, the musicians, they could care less. What they want is uh, someone who uses their time efficiently, Someone who uh, makes them help them sound better, uh, does, does a good rehearsal, good concert presentation. What matters more too is the administration. They're the ones who hire me. Mm-hmm. Is the administration of those orchestras? Um, musicians just want to have a great musical experience, and so we have to do. We have to continue to reach out to the community and and show that we care that we have a diverse audience, and also as as Marshall Balkan was saying, um, on the stage, in the orchestra, that we see a variety of people on stage uh, in the orchestra. Now, do you all have to concern yourselves with the politics of things? You know, because I know that yes. in the NEA is about to, or, it, you know, is looming, threats are looming <laughs> to, dis, to, dis, de, de, to defund it totally. And and that would be crushing to the arts community in this country. Do you concern yourselves with that at all? Or like how do you do your work that you do with that sort of hanging in your spirit over your heads? 
I think that the role for both of us um, as music directors of, of orchestras is that you are the the leader of, of the organization, the leader of the musicians, certainly within the organization, and therefore it is incumbent upon you to do everything that you possibly can to help secure their future and develop that future. So organizations like the NEA um, and um, sponsors, uh, individual patrons, it's extremely important that we work with all of these people. So do you feel and like... You know, you, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, as as uh, sort of tagging along with what Roger Broughton said, as um, it, it's important for the music director and and the pops conductor, but even more so for the music director, that we're the face of the community. Uh, I'm I live since I live so far away, it's more difficult for me because I don't live there, but I try to have a try to make some type of imprint when I'm there. But William does live there, and uh, he for for him up there, and for myself down here in Texas. We have to we have to be the face of the our organization, our orchestra, but the face of the arts and uh, this the defunding of the NEA. Um, you know, for our orchestra here, we don't get much money from them anyway. But what it does is it sends a message to the world mm-hmm. that if we're willing to take them that money away, that the arts aren't that important. I think that's more of the message that's being sent, and which is which is tragic that. Um, that we don't we don't value the arts, and so we have to work even harder to show the importance of the arts in our various communities. Well, I mean, I think New Haven is a very arts rich community. You know, we we value artists, we value art on a lot of levels, mm-hmm. um, and so I think um, maybe this community could buffer and and wade their way through. Um, this this real attack on artistic expression that we are starting to begin to see, um, and seeing art as an elitist kind of thing, which I don't understand that. But um, so I would imagine that you you do uh, you do think about this and how to sort of position yourselves to sort of you know um, buffer that. Yeah, I think absolutely. It's, it's, it's I, I I started a, a volunteer program of teaching the cello in, in Fairhaven School, um, and I did it for three years, and it was an interesting interesting exercise because the children the, the children are wonderful, um, and I love teaching them, but the pressures that were being put upon both the school um, of them to achieve the the basic requirements in math, science, English, social studies, etc., um, stopped them from coming out of lessons to have a cello lesson. Mm. And also, it was extremely difficult to to not to tell the parents or to persuade the parents that music was important to them, because a lot of these people were struggling to put a meal on the table at the yeah. end of the day. So where does music and where do the arts come in my life when I have to feed my child? Mm-hmm. And I, that was, I found that such a powerful argument. Um, and, and, and the hardships that some of these, these children, um, well, and their parents, uh, and a lot of single parents were going through, um, really made me think about my role as a musician within the community. Um, and 
I love the diversity of New Haven. I love the richness of all of the cultures um, and the respect that every single one of us need to have for those different cultures. But I do feel at the moment that we, we need a greater melting pot where we all come together mm-hmm. um, and, and share in, in the richness of, of, of each other's cultures. I think you're right. So let's shift a little bit. So what sort of music do you listen to when you are not conducting? When neither of you are conducting, what is your music music selection of choice? Are you listening to Beyonce? Are you listening to <laughs> Are you listening to Snoop? What I, I mean, are you listening listen, to? Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of pop music. Um, I don't listen uh, just in leisurely, um, on, on a leisurely basis. I don't listen to a lot of classical music. I I listen to that to study. I listen to it to get ideas um, about programming. But uh, like on, uh, I like new age music. I listen to the top 40 in the car. Listen to a lot of talk radio as well. Mm -hmm. So I sort of get away from the whole thing. But since since I'm kind of immersed in it uh, throughout the day, I, I try to get a, get away from some of the, the classical things. But I'm also looking, I mean, you know, YouTube is just an amazing development that, where we can now research and see what other orchestras, see what other people are doing uh, to, to collect ideas. It, it's a really rich time right now for, informa- for gathering information. So um, I, I enjoy just kind of just uh, listening to other, other types of things. I always tell young people, too, I think don't put up walls between the type of music that you listen to. You need to be open. You don't have to like all music, but there needs to be an openness to listen to all types of music, whether it's jazz, whether it's gospel, pop, uh, new age. It's all the same 12 notes. <laughs> That's good to know. And you, Maestro Boughton, what do you like? What are you listening yeah, I, to? I, I, I don't listen to music at, at home. Um, when I'm playing um, I, I'm obviously um, listening to what I'm doing, um, but then I love silence. I love walking. Um, I go to, I go to jazz concerts. I go to folk concerts. Um, I have a wide variety of things that I do, but I don't put music on as background music in the car or um, no music on. Wow, not at all. Um, I, I I enjoy that silence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, background music in, it, it drives me crazy in, in, in shops, <laughs> in elevators. <laughs> um, I think I would, end up at, I, I would end up in a lunatic asylum if it was everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's now I, I, you know, I would have never thought that. I would have never assumed that. I would have just thought that every moment of every day is filled with music somewhere for you. So that's good to know. Well, you know I. I, I I do hear music in my head all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, there are very few, very few moments throughout the day. Uh, sometimes when I'm working out, I don't, I don't have it. Or I'm, I like martial arts when I'm training in that. I don't hear music because I'm really focused on what I'm trying to do so I don't get hurt. But most of the time, I, I hear music uh, going on. And, and when I, what I like to do when I'm, I, I talk to really young people, really young, young people, like fourth, fifth, Third, third or fourth, fifth graders, is I say, how many, how, how, what are the ways that you can listen to music nowadays? And it's just amazing the, the different ways that we can 
can get content, musical content now. It really does surround us. And so since Maestro Bowden and I, are, our, our job is in music, silence. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> nice at times. And, and that's I'm why I to talk radio. Yeah. I'm going to have to leave you, Babs, because I yes. have to go back to my rehearsal. Yes. You, it's, you, been, it's been a pleasure talking to you both. And I hope I get to talk um, to you again. Absolutely. I, hope, I, I look forward to that. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you, Maestro. Chelsea. Thank you, sir. Okay. Thank okay. you. Okay. All right, so Chelsea, since Maestro Bowden has just left us, I want to ask you this question. Yeah. What thing out there that you'd like to do musically that you haven't done? Like, what is the big dream out there? Like, I don't, I don't know what that would be, like conduct a symphony on Mars or yeah, <laughs> yeah. head up the London well, symphony. You know, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it, it's funny. Um, I, I, I always say that, you know, being an artist is never a linear path. It's not like I start at A and I go to B and then I go to B to letter C to letter C, letter D and so on. It, it, it's, it's never that. And I thought the first time I would be conducting in Europe would be doing a, a Beethoven symphony with the Berlin Philharmonic. But, you know, my first time conducting in Europe um, was conducting the music of Sting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, yes, it, I read that and, about and, and, you. And I, <laughs> and I made the most of that moment. I, I made the absolute most of that, that moment of, of working with these different European orchestras in, in his music. So you have to be open. And some dreams for me, as far as musically goes, uh, some pieces I would love to do someday is Mahler's Second Symphony, which is a massive, massive piece of music. Um, and, and it's funny because as you get older, as I'm getting older, I'm thinking, oh, okay, certain things will probably never happen. Conduct the ring cycle of Wagner. I'll never, ever do that. Um, but uh, more, uh, more realistic things, uh, I, I would just love to do uh, music of, more music of Mahler, more music of Bruckner, mm -hmm. um, more music of, of Wagner. Uh, and I, I think those things will happen, but um, I try to I try to receive whatever gifts are given to me. And uh, as uh, Maestro Bowden said, you know, it's all just dependent on the groups that you work with, the amount of time that you have, and you try to to, to fit the program into the parameters with which with, with which you're given. Wow. Well, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Um, Mr. Tipton. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I hope uh, you come back again. In person sometime. Yes, yes. Absolutely. When, you, when you're in New Haven, let's hook up and check out and talk some more about music. Maybe I could have you in studio. <laughs> that would be great. So and, I usually come into New Haven for an entire week before a concert. And oh, so okay. I'd be happy to come into studio and we can talk some more about music, life, art, in general, be happy to. I would love that. So enjoy your time, what you're doing there in Texas. And, uh, and I will see you soon and talk to you soon. And I cannot believe we have Greensboro in, 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 um, in, <laughs> in common. I, I'm going there. Yeah, I'm going there in about, about three or four weeks. I'll be going down to visit my folks. I, I love the city. A great, it's a great town. It is a, great, a town. great town. And it's a town. It's got A&T State University, another uh, uh, historically black university, A&T State University, right across the street yes! from Bennett College. I know. And it, it, it's, it's just a fabulous town to grow up in. Listen, so I, went to school, I went to school at Barbara Scotia, which is maybe 
35, oh, 40 yeah. minutes, which is which is shuttered at the yep. moment. But that's where I did my undergrad a million years ago. Okay. And uh, so so to bring my daughter to Bennett and then I we drove over to um, Barbara Scotia because the campus is still standing. You know, it's still standing. Yeah, yeah. And I took her over there and, you know, so it was a, it was a wonderful moment for me to sort of have my kid go to an HBCU not too far from where I went to an HBCU. So it was it was quite moving. Nice. Yes, nice. yes. So, so yeah, so yeah. So we'll talk about Greensboro when you come back. <laughs> you take good care. Thank you for having us on. Thank you so much, and God bless you. God bless you. All right, all right. So if you just tuned in, or or you've tuned in a little late, I was talking to the New Haven Symphony Orchestra artistic leadership um, maestro um, William Boughton and principal pops conductor Chelsea. Um, Tipton. So that's the show today. I think we did a good job, Harry. I think we, we covered a lot of music today. <laughs> it's Friday. We covered a lot of music. Well, you're not done. I'm not done. I got pundits next. That's right. <laughs> so listen, I'm going after I leave pundits, I'm running over to the Africa Salon. Go give me some Jollof rice. <laughs> so you've been listening to two hours of Love Babs. <laughs> Love Talk on WNHH LP 103.5 um, Tune in for Friday Pundits next with Paul Bass and the hooligans. Yeah. Oh, my compadres. <laughs> hooligans. Oh, my Lord. All right. See you in a few minutes. All right.